0: Bookers! Come on down! You have stumbled upon a pot of word salad at the bottom of a sometimes inappropriate rainbow. At the controls are indie authors Sintra Sullivan, Kay Bannon Kellum, and David Atherton Cooper. I’d like to say they know what they're doing, however, as the official voiceover guy, I have sworn an oath of fealty. Welcome to the What The Book podcast, where scripts and pants are optional.
1: Hi, bookers. Welcome to What The Book today. This is our 14th episode. I am I am so excited to be here. I sincerely love being part of What The Book. And of course, my co-host, Kay and Callum. Hi, Caleb. Hey, hey, hey. And David Atherton Cooper. Hey, David.
2: Good evening.
1: We're all here. We're all ready to discuss today's topic. I I get a feeling it's going to be a wee bit fiery. I it's a subject I'm very passionate about, um, and I know it's a subject. According to the the interaction on my my Twitter page regarding my post, there's a lot of people very passionately involved in this subject, both good and (laughs) we'll just we'll just power on we'll see where we end up going so today's subject or topic of discussion is uh writers what is right to write should writers stay in their own lane now let me define this for a second to me staying in your own lane would be writing only what you know so me I'm a cranky old white woman uh with four children that is all I should be writing if I am staying in my own lane. So bullshit to that not going to happen in my life. Um I don't know. I it's it's a it's a landmine Caleb you want to chime in. Yeah, I think
0: that when you talk about staying in your own lane, I think that the lane that we should be more concerned about is What our versatility as authors are, that's kind of your lane is your versatility and your ability to empathize with the subject matter if it steps outside of your personal life experiences. Um, I am a 40-year-old white guy from Southern, uh, you know, uh, United States, from New Orleans. Uh, That does not mean that the only thing I can write about is, you know, middle-aged white dudes from New Orleans. However, that is something that I I would be able to get into the headspace of a 40-year-old white dude from New Orleans very easily because I am one. So if I were going to try to branch out and write about other demographics, I would want to make sure that I was versatile enough and empathetic enough to write them properly. You want to write characters, not caricatures, and I think that is the biggest thing that people mess up with. When they step out to do it, and they don't know how to capture that versatility or that empathy. What say you, David?
2: Oh, but there's a there's a point where I mean, even a caricature stereotypes have their place, and and sure they can be lazy writing. But for me, um, I I don't write about David. I don't write my I don't write my life because uh, you know it, it's. It's been damn fun up till now, and I intend for it to be awesome until it ends. But I don't need to share that with everyone in a book. I'm writing stuff. And again, as a, as a fantasy author, um, I, I, I can't write what I know. Or, or that's all I can write, because I'm the only one who knows it. And so this whole, uh, oh, yeah, men can't write female characters and women can't write men and all, all that kind of, to me, nonsense, it, it, it's rubbish. In the whole idea is if you can write to the best of your ability, you, you tell your story the way it comes to you, and hopefully then when you go back and reread and you go through the edits and you kind of think, nah, that that doesn't quite gel. As long as the characters that I write are true to themselves and hopefully with a bit of guidance from you know, a couple of crit partners and, and some beta readers to kind of go, nah, yeah, that's not a female lead, that's just a bloke in a dress, rewrite that bit. As long as I don't hear that feedback, I'm just going to power on and tell the story I want to tell. And if it happens to be that, you know, look, my my main, the the big epic that one day I'm going to finish writing is told from a female perspective, My my main character is female, because she's the one that all of these events kind of pivot around. And so that's how the story works. Whereas... Um, if I'm writing an a, a homage to Lovecraft set in um, <clears throat> rural East Anglia, sure, the main character's male because that happens to fit because there's an intriguing female character he has to interact with. So as long as I can justify the motivations and the characterization, then why should I not write the way I want to write? I don't get that. Mm,
1: I am... Um... See, I don't yeah I, I disagree with this writing in your in your own lane um, nonsense as you put it to I completely on board with the same as you guys I um, I in fact do not have a penis I am female but I can write a damn good male character uh,
2: you've got that ice thing in the
1: <Yeah>. All right, bookers. Have anybody seen my feed, there are some ice puzzles. It. It's an ice cold challenge. This is not my fault. It was. It was uh, created by Terry Howard on um, one of my lovely, wonderful friends on Facebook. So, um, hey, that's a different thing altogether. I, I, I you know. But back to it. That I cannot. I, I cannot endorse the theory that we can only write what we know. There was one comment that. Um, There was lots of comments on our Facebook, on our Twitter page. Uh, One that said, uh, this was from James Lynch, um, at Hero James Lynch. He said, you can write characters that are unlike yourself but not the experiences of that person. Uh, Example, a straight white man can write, writing a book that features a gay black woman should be fine. However, writing a story of this is what it's like to be a gay black woman would not... Look, James, I, I agree with saying,
0: him I agree with I him a hundred percent I agree with him a hundred percent
1: I don't agree with him, and I will tell you why i um if I want to write a story from a uh like okay, let's using his words, gay, black woman's point of view, I can do that. What I need to do is go off road responsibly as Abby the tweet mentioned going off road is great go off road responsibly put your safety belt on do your research make sure that you are getting it right do not stereotype and do not write about things that you have not uh, you have not ventured to find out there you know yeah, you you don't
2: have to have experienced it yourself. You've got to. Right, I agree. Abby's statement goes it, it very well real. with
0: um with, with uh, the other one. Those two statements actually come together to make one very intelligent statement uh, when paired. And that was going to be my what, point it? that I was going to get to when when I agreed with his comment about uh, writing a, a lesbian black woman as a straight white male. Um, it's a matter of can you? Honestly, that's the ultimate question. It's not should you. It's can you? Yeah. Okay. And if well, you can't piece do piece it, then you should big, not. Yeah. If, if you can't do it, then you shouldn't do it. The matter of can you and that and, and that can you comes into did you do your research? Do you have a sensitivity reader? Do you have an African American lesbian friend who can look at that and tell you because you're not just writing about, you know, the the adventures of of Joe Lee, the black lesbian you know, and where she goes out and nothing in the story has anything to do with, um, you know, her being black or a lesbian. Otherwise, there would be no reason to even make that a headliner. If you're writing from her perspective, and you're, in, and you're going to incorporate the fact that she's a person of color, if you're going to incorporate the fact that she's a lesbian, then guess what? You better know how to write that. And you better know how to write it well, or you're just going to make yourself look like an ass. And the only way to make sure you can do that is you have to get out there and do the work, meet the people, and you have to know that you are qualified to do it. And just I being a writer is yeah, not the qualification. True. Just being a writer does not qualify you to capture was, somebody else's perspective.
1: I was just about to say, I'm not sure if anybody really, unless you are that person, is in writing in your lane, are qualified to fully. Uh, know what you're talking about. However, the more research that you do, you can certainly um, provide a more educated approach to your stories. Uh, I, I agree with. But what I'd, al- I'd
2: also say some of this. Sorry. I was going to say some of this surely goes to um, my motivation as a writer. So why why do I want to have this particular character or why does it feel right that this character is here or, or however this that, that character came about um what am i actually trying to achieve so if if it comes across as a cliche or as a stereotype or as as you know someone's writing to prove some kind of point then it's just that's a red rag to a bull for a lot of readers so it, it almost goes back to yeah our favorite topic of all time which is is reader immersion if i'm writing something that is engaging and the the, whoever reads it responds hopefully positively and and gets behind that character and gets involved in the story and 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 has a good time to me the only way i'm going to achieve that if it's a character that i've not experienced or not or or don't have any real knowledge of is like you say, do your research Talk to people, find out. There is going to be someone who is going to read whatever I write. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so uh, I have trolls in my story. Trolls live up in the mountains. They're you know, big, eight-foot-tall creatures with tusks. They have black skin, of white hair, and gleaming red eyes. And I know anyone who's played Dungeons and Dragons will immediately tell me that's not a troll because they don't look right. they don't look like that. And blah blah blah. There'll be so many people. Could, criticizing my decisions about the characters as I see them that it's not going to be funny. So my job is just to write um, my write Pathfinder, who's my, my troll character, so well that even if you don't agree with that particular concept of what that character is, you kind of get caught up in the story and you follow along and you enjoy the interactions that Pathfinder has with the rest of the group.
0: Yeah, but See, I, I think, think, you know, you're comparing trolls and, and real people, and I think that's going to be the challenge. And when we talk about writing, you know, um, mythical, mythological, you know, fantasy creatures, yeah, nobody can say what a troll is, you know. But when we talk about, you know, people of color or, or, you know, lesbians or things of that nature, those are real people. Those aren't trolls. So you do have to take a lot more real-world consideration. You don't get to take personal license on someone else's lifestyle. You have to,
2: no, there's the a exactly.
0: standard. The there's world. no artistic license on somebody's lifestyle. You need to be able to do it right. You know, that's why I keep kind of going back to that. It's not a matter of should you, it's a matter of can you. Should I perform heart surgery? Well, I don't know. If I go to med <laughs> school, am I qualified? Am, am I qualified to perform heart surgery? Then okay, then I guess I should. But just because I have a scalpel and call myself doctor, does not mean that I should cut somebody open. And it's the same thing. Just because you have a keyboard and call yourself a writer does not mean that you are qualified to take on something like that where you are essentially borrowing someone else's entire identity. An identity that causes them a lot of strife and causes them to be targeted quite a bit in the real world and turn that into you know, a character trait in a book. You've got to be able to do it right. Just, that's going to be my answer. I keep going back to it. either you can or you can't, and you shouldn't be experimenting if you either you either know you can or you know you can't.
1: Bye.
2: And as we, as we said in some of the early podcasts, no matter what you write, you have to stand in front of those words and say, yep, this is me. This is what I wrote. And so for me to do that with my writing, I've got to at least have persuaded myself that, yes, I did my research and if it offends people, well, then I have to deal with that because I've done the best job I can to to not fall oh, into yeah. that. Trap. Now
1: you say, Caleb, it's whether you can or you can't, as opposed to whether you should or you shouldn't. I agree, but I also say you can learn. I um in my one of my bone or the last no no the one that I haven't released bone a book. I've got a person of color in there. Uh, who I haven't, I haven't actually written a person of colour before. And I struggled because I'm just like, fuck, I don't want to offend anybody. I, 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 I don't, it kept on going in my head. I don't want to offend. I don't want to offend. So, you know, I went to people of colour that I knew that wouldn't mind if I turned up and said, you, you know, I don't want to offend, but how do I use these words? What, what words do I use? Tell me how I describe your skin colour. Tell me how I describe your hair. How do I do it that's, you know, uh, socially acceptable and not going to cause somebody to come to me and go, what the fuck, Sintra?" You know, I don't want to do that. I want to be encompassing of all of my readers and all of my characters, and I want to do them justice. So I struggled until I got to these people and went, you know, thankfully they love me, and I went, how do I do this? And they've gone, shit woman, we can help you with this. Here's a chart. Here's this. This is what the words we use, blah, yep. blah, 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 blah. Yep. And I've gone, fantastic. This is brilliant. I learned. So yes, I couldn't do it, but I learned and exactly. I learned the terminology and... on how to do it. So then no, not that I'm qualified to do it, but it allowed me more freedom to incorporate uh, right. more. Uh,
2: you but, did your research lack of,
1: you for lack of a better word colorful characters in my stories you know what i mean so you right know, and i
0: think we- I, I think the takeaway from that is you know when i say, when you talk about you learn and you, yes but the big thing i try to tell everybody is you learn in a classroom and you practice you know in the practical sense of application so once again going back to the heart surgeon example i was learning how to open hearts up I wouldn't be going into a live operating room with an actual patient to learn how to do it. I'd be practicing on a cadaver where if I fuck it all up, guess what? Dude's already gone. You did it the right way. You learn by going to your friends. You didn't write a book. And I think this is the mistake that people make is they try to learn by doing in the sense that they write a book with the cliche caricature characters and people go, what the fuck? That's not what we are. And they go, well, I'm I'm a writer. I'm just following my writer's voice. And it's like, but you didn't learn, you know, you didn't take the time to learn offline as they say the classroom and the boardroom and the showroom are all different things and they all have to be treated very differently. You learn in the classroom, you present, you know, in the showroom. I think as long as you can know the difference as to where to do your learning and where to do your presenting, then yeah, you're fine. Go learn, get better at your craft, but don't try to treat what should be the classroom You know, by publishing the thing and then trying to fall back on the whole, like, oh, everybody's just overly sensitive because I totally wrote these horrible caricature people and they just don't get it. I'm a writer. It's like, no, you're a fucking idiot because you tried to do your learning, you know, in a practical sense. No, learn Uh, to learn, practice to practice.
1: Well, now, when we when we first uh, put this up, I did expect a number of comments, which we got, uh, which was simply, you know, well, who? Uh, last time, what was this from Grant Pollard? Last time I checked that uh, George Martin wasn't a 14-year-old girl that flies around with dragons. I, look, as you said before, fantasy is fantasy. You, uh, and stereotypically, you know, vampires, We, in, if you picture what a vampire is, I'm going back to Dracula, straight up Dracula, because that's what we've been programmed to know. Dragons are very much big creatures that that, you know, uh, breathe fire and and rip apart nights right. and so forth on. These are the the images like you your trolls the images that we've been programmed with uh, from young ages with stories and and so forth on wolves etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Now as as we have artistic license being writers, yay! When we're talking about fantasy mythology, um, sci-fi etc cetera, etc. Cetera, You can make it up any way you want. My dragons in my dragon series that I'm writing at the moment ain't no fire-breathing boys. Uh, They're water dragons because I thought, you know, I want to be different. I want my dragons to be slightly twisted. They're slightly uh, off-kilted than the normal. And it's worked very, very well. It's a very successful uh, book series, but it's also challenging what people believe dragons to be. So uh, I'm making them read off their lane because they believe dragons should be a certain way and i'm going eh, maybe not let's keep oh, yeah. the dragons i mean if
0: we're gonna cut if we're gonna cut and stay on course with this topic done it, what people do is you know just like the the guy who used the the george martin example you know that that's a classic kind of like let's dilute the conversation we're not talking about dragons we're not talking about trolls we're talking about people real people That is what people get hung up with. Nobody has ever been offended in the history of the world, I think, over somebody drawing a dragon with more gills than they think it should have or more horns than people think it should have. What we're talking about is should a heterosexual author write a gay character and name him, you know, Johnny Lightloafers and he just prances and minces around? That's the kind of fucking problem that there is out there is that people take real human beings, you know, and they turn them into these caricatures. They turn them into these jokes because that's what they think they have the ability to do and fall back on the excuse as writers. So when people try to jump into the whole like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, you know, George R. R. Martin was never a 14 year old girl on a dragon. Nobody in the history of the human race has been anything on a dragon. So let's, let's stay within the realm of reality because that is what we are actually discussing with this thread.
2: But even even in a fantasy scenario, fantasy story, part of so I'll I'll, I'll go back to yeah, male versus female. Um, I'm I'm writing uh, a story with a female lead, and what I'm asking of my crit partners and my beta readers and my sensitivity reader is to help me understand help. Me craft that character in a way that is believable, and even in a fantastic setting where she's coming across dragons and monsters, she feels like an authentic woman, a female character. She has, she doesn't respond like a man would respond in the same situations. Um, so even in fantasy, you can still um, be al- be alive to the idea that real people are going to read this character. And I want them to you know, get behind her and believe in her rather than. And, and if I was writing in a modern day uh, straightforward setting and I was writing a, a a romance or whatever, sure, if I was going to have um, an alternative main character that wasn't you know, a, a white expat middle aged guy living in Australia, then again, I would go back to you do your research, you, you check your sensitivity, but you try and write that character to the absolute best of your ability, so that the reader follows and wants to okay. follow the story. Okay, all right, you know,
1: that, absolutely. It's it. This is it's a really tricky subject. There's a lot of grey area in this. I know Caitlin's coming across very black and white, and I get the black and white. Um, but there's a, there's a whole range of grey in between your black and white for me personally, and I struggle with this because um, if I take for an example, one of my favourite person of colour characters ever written uh, was Lafayette out of Sookie Stackhouse books or True Blood when the series came to, to TV. Um,
2: uh-huh.
1: Now, he's a person of colour, he's gay, and he is the single most flamboyantly beautiful man I know. I would love to be his friend. Now he meets for me literally every stereotype that you could imagine for a gay person of colour, and he, they, you know, Charlene Harris did it beautifully. I there's a lot of grey there because that's very very stereotypical to me um
2: and yet she avoided she avoided the stereotype of making that character just some walk-on comedy camp part um and and somehow that, that that translated into you you can believe that there is a lafayette there are many lafayettes i'm sure out there and you you never forget the character's orientation flamboyance it's, it's beautifully done But somehow she managed to make that character. That's
0: a matter of knowing what you're doing. That's somebody who did their research. they did their homework. They probably because yes, there are flamboyant gay people out there. Yes, I mean my wife and I have both been involved in theater. Like we know quite a few very flamboyant people. Um, and yes, you can tell their stories. And when you do it right, as you know, you pointed out in this character then it shows people go yep that and it it should remind you of somebody you know that you know in real life and i think that's kind of the key to success is that when you see a character that is written to represent you know an extreme in a sense and they aren't written to be vanilla they are written to you know definitely show high points of personality um i think one of the biggest things that you know you're doing it right is when People can see that character, read them, watch them, whatever the case may be, and say, oh, that reminds me of, oh, that's exact, you know, when you can get them paired with somebody in real life. So, yeah, I mean, maybe she knew somebody, maybe the author of this Lafayette character knew somebody like that, very close friends in real life, and probably said, hey, I would love to feature your character type in a book or in a storyline, how, you know, let me, and they maybe they shadowed that person. Maybe that person read it and said, yep, that's so me. Yeah. Either way, that's an example of somebody who did it right. And when you see it done right, you know it's done right. And then nobody's going after you saying, oh, you shouldn't have written outside of your lane.
1: Oh, it's because- not a matter
0: of should or shouldn't. Like I said, it's yeah. a matter of can you or can't. You.
1: Absolutely. And look, I, I don't disagree with you, Caleb. I'm totally on board. I'm in your canoe. I'm paddling away. I've got your back uh, because with that particular character, even though he was very, very stereotypical, he was so real and so lovable. You couldn't possibly have any negative connotations to him. Um, so it was, it was, uh, as you said, very, the research obviously was very clear and uh, well done and structured well in order to progress forward. Um
2: yeah Uh. yeah look it's like there was a comment um sorry the twitter post about about this week's episode there was a comment from uh william d richards at w underscore d underscore richards and he summed it up for me really nicely he just said one of my goals as a writer is to create characters who are bracket insert gender orientation blah 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 whatever well enough that readers who are the same will find those characters to be relatable to themselves. Now that, you know, if, we, if we could do that, it would be superb. Um, you know, if, if I could write a um, character of colour and have people call me up and go, shit, dude, you got that right. Or yeah, write someone who's a, a, a character who's wheelchair-bound and have friends who are not mobile tell me that they got it right. That'd be superb. So you you still want to write entertaining characters, even if, yeah, I, I can see a point where I could put a stereotype into a story for a purpose, maybe to critique it, maybe to criticize it and hold it up and lampoon it. Or maybe it just is a way to move a certain scene forward. But I'd want that to be a really deliberate choice. Otherwise, I'd want to actually come up with a decent character, which was supported by conversations I'd had with, with real people or research that I'd done to look things up. And well, was I,
1: was, I, I liked, um, because even though uh, we're you know we trying to keep this very much in a reality-based lane as opposed to fantasy mythology, blah, 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 blah. Um, Ned the zombie, my favourite dead man ever. Oh, God, I love him. Uh, Ned underscore that underscore zombie, uh, follow him, he's cool, writes horror. Now, yes, there, there's lots of ghosts and ghouls and goblins and whatever else going on in his stories. And they, uh, some of the few horrors that uh, do actually make me go a bit, Ugh, that's that's Uh But he said, you know, you know unless you're writing, you know, unless you're an actual psychopath or a murderer, in which case you're writing what you know, you're staying in your own lane, wow. Well, Uh, you know, you're not generally that. And Caleb, I assume you being a horror writer, are not a psychopath or murderer. However, you would have to... You
0: know what they say when you assume things. (laughs) You're making ass out of you and me. (laughs) But you would have to do your
1: research into knowing the darker side of human emotions. So, um, you know, delving into the psychopathic thinking the 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 what would actually make somebody take that step into taking a life uh and you know and
0: depends how specific you're trying to be with the psychopath i mean if you're writing from the psychopath's perspective then yes um if you're writing about a psychopath and you're writing about their actions not so much their mindset and you can notionalize a lot so it really depends on on which direction you know how I'm writing said psychopath.
1: So well, it, it, you'd still, I, I guess, having to dive into the more darker side of your emotional rainbow in order to grasp.
0: I guess it depends on on the character and a lot of things because we're talking about you know the psychopath. Once again, you're writing. I think more about their actions now. If I was going to sit down and write a Hannibal Lecter styled character and write it like him his own biography like he's sitting down and he's writing a book about himself and he wants to go through, like I'm pretty sure this has been done a billion fucking times by better writers than me but yes in that case I would want to do a lot of research to make sure that things like people don't know the difference between you know psychopathy what that even is people get split personalities and schizophrenia mixed up and things like that so yes if I was going to Rely very heavy on those um, elements, then absolutely. If I was going to write something about a schizophrenic killer, I would want to make sure that I was properly describing symptoms of schizophrenia when he tells the audience how he found out that he was schizophrenic. That is when that would matter, absolutely.
1: Well, absolutely. And I know I have a, a very well, one of my critique authors, um, Margaret uh she writes. Generally, YA books, but they're very topical. So she will write about um, childhood abuse, uh, eating disorders, um, mental illness, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, and the amount of research that she invests in her book takes her to the brink of not being able to sleep. Sometimes it's intense what she does. However, you know her books have become New York Times bestsellers twice. So research has paid off yeah, for her. Exactly. It sure does. You know, so uh, research, I, I mean, and, and she's she hasn't suffered these things growing up, um, but doing the research behind it allows her to, to give a far more full and impactful story to deliver to the reader. Uh, and as she said, she's a collector of tears. She does like to do that. She's a terrible, terrible person. I love her.
2: Um. and when and no matter how whether you go to that full extreme to get you know, almost perfect research so you completely understand that kind of character and can write them without even thinking which is amazing to me it's also it, it's almost about getting in getting there enough that yeah other people will find the character relatable and not be instantly offended by it because the instant offense to me comes yep. from you've come up with a cliche and you know, there's there's a million cliches out there so I think that's it's really also about avoid. You, I think you it's wanna, also about
0: knowing not have you know to be knowing where to point the microscope so if I was going to write a story that included a castle, I don't need to go visit a castle to write a story about a castle. I can look up castles and things like that i mean everybody knows enough for about castles. right mm-hmm.
2: however but unless you go there, exactly you but if i wanted like to describe to walking, walking through the
0: halls of a castle accurately you know and people think they're huge and you know they think yeah, they're yeah. labyrinthian inside with all these secret tunnels when, it, when in fact a lot of them are very compact and very claustrophobic um uh, yeah, so depending on your per- on how you're doing it. So mm-hmm. the perspective of a castle, as in the knights rode by on their horses and there's a castle in the distance, I don't need to go to a castle for that. Any more than if you have a background character walking by that's a man holding hands with another man, and that's just a background, then no, you don't need to do a ton of research on that if it's just a background, you know, uh, oh, look at that couple. It, it comes very different, though, when you're writing from the inside of the castle, like okay. I was saying. So, and I think that same example goes mm. with people. If you're going to walk past and say, "Oh, there's two men holding hands." as a straight author, I think absolutely you can do. It. Um, if that's pretty much the extent of it. But if you are going to write a story about you know Steve and, and, and Barry and, and their you know blooming uh, love, then yes, I think that is when you need to understand the inside out. Of that because otherwise you're somebody writing about the inside of a castle and you're you're describing it like it's the size like on the outside it's the size of a regular castle. On the inside, it's somehow 20 times huger with secret passageways and all this. And anybody who knows about castles is really sitting there going, This fucking asshole doesn't know shit about castles. Don't fucking turn people into castles, folks. Do your research. Don't look like an idiot. All
1: right. All right. Well, hang on. I want, I want to follow that up in a minute, but we're going to break for the the author interview because I want I want to follow back. Bring me back to that one, Caleb, because I've got to come back to that. Um, all right, we're going to break and talk to Alex McCarty. Uh, Caleb and I had a wonderful interview with him, and we can't wait to share it with you. He is one of my favorite Twitterers. You're um,
0: going to love him.
1: He is such a positive person. I've never heard him spruik a, a negative word to anybody. I just utterly adore him. Um he so is yeah, great. I hope bookers love him, and we will be back shortly. All right, see ya. Bye. Hi, bookers. Welcome to our author of the week interview. One of my favorite times. That I get to sit down and talk to somebody in the community off Twitter, off Facebook, off the gram, whatever. We love them all and uh, showcase somebody's talent and uh, introduce them to you, the bookers, the listeners, my lovely people. Of course, I have Caleb with me, Kay Banning Cullen. Hello, Caleb.
0: Hey, hey, how are you doing today, everybody?
1: We are hopefully, well, I'm all right. I'm a little uncaffeinated, but I'm all right. I'm getting there. Uh, The book is, I'm sure, all fantastic because they were born awesome. Uh, Today we have our guest, Alex McCarty. Now, please tell me, Alex, I I pronounced that correct. Did I?
3: Uh, Yes, you did.
1: Oh, yes. Welcome, Alex, to What The Book podcast. We are humbled to have you here.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you.
1: Now, what I want to start straight off, because uh, you're, um, oh, I love you on Twitter. You're one of the most beautiful people on Twitter. Uh, when did you start uh, writing? When did you find your love of the written word?
3: Uh, funny story. It was in high school, like, like maybe, anyone, uh, and I was pretty bored. You know, I was sitting in high school, really bored, and I took a piece of paper and a pen and just started writing, I think it was a play, Um, I think uh, it was like Hamlet or something. And I gave it to the teacher, and the teacher said, come come back and see me in in two hours, so for the ne- for the next two hours, my head was spinning. I was sweating, heart pump, like you know the the whole the whole thing. I was making images in my head, and then I I, I I saw the teacher after the two hours, and she said, "You know what?" I told her, "I I I think you're gonna tell me to you know uh, drop this." nonsense and focus on my studies and and everything she said you're you're wrong I was trying to tell you to work on your dialogue
1: oh wow
3: that that day and that day I thought "Hmm, this is my life
0: So that is, um, that's a beautiful story, man. It really does kind of demonstrate, you know, we've talked about how that one positive influence, that one mentor just popping up at the right <laughs> place, the right and just mm-hmm. change yeah. everything. I, I mean, and, and
3: it, it was because at the time I was one of those, you know, I hate school and um, I wanted to drop out and everything, but
0: what was this teacher's name? Are they still out there? <laughs>
3: uh that's a good question because that was i just thought about it today and i realized it was 20 years ago
0: well if we're ever able to track them down i i can tell you they will get a personalized what the book thank you from us for helping to inspire motivate such a great writer and creator such as yourself people like that should be celebrated and that's just a fantastic fantastic yep. story man that is heartwarming uh, moving yeah. on here, now, your first book, Capital Murder One, which, folks, you can go buy that thing on Amazon. I highly suggest you do. Um, give us a little blurb, man. Uh, let's wet our beaks a little bit and tell the readers out there what can they expect when they crack open a fresh copy of Capital Murder One.
3: A big book. <laughs> no, seriously. It is it is a big, a huge, humongous book. Um, Well, that... And um, and a lot of because it was said in Canada, which is where I live and uh, born and raised. So no. I thought I thought why not, why not use t- why not use the Canadian spelling, like ou instead of you, like for color or or whatever. <laughs> and I, I thought why not. Set a m- murder and mystery book in in an unusual place. I mean, when you think murder mystery, you think uh, London for Sherlock Chrome's or New York, or Sweden, or whatever. So I thought, nah, why, why not change the rules and uh, and have fun?
1: I love it. I, I'm all about that. Sorry,
0: Kevin, go on. I was going to just say I love that idea. I mean, I do the same thing. All of my work is typically set in New Orleans, where I was born and raised and live. So Mm -hmm. I definitely appreciate keeping it local. And uh, on a side note, just for fun, you talk about using the O's and the U's. I am probably one of the American writers that gets criticized the most because I always use the, I guess, European version of gray. I always spell the color gray, G-R-E-Y, and people Mm -hmm. have such a fucking problem with that and i have no idea why it's like you know what it is but i just like that word i also do theater with the re at the end instead of the er so that is really cool back to you Sintra.
1: yeah uh, it's funny though because you all you both uh write in your specific area and there's me the australian who goes oh fuck that i'm gonna write I <laughs> write to an American audience, so all of my books are set in. Although I do have, you know, my Dragon series goes around the world as the the clan travels, but I I haven't written one single book that's based out of Australia, and I do not use any of the Australian spelling. I I Americanize everything. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing or it's working for me, but I'm not sure if I'm if I'm um you know shaming my own. Heritage. Maybe I should do one from Australia. We could have like a kangaroo shifter or some shit like that. <laughs> well,
0: Central. If you ever really <laughs> want to test your limits, there. I understand. This is not been meaning to bring up, but I understand you guys call Burger Kings Hungry Jacks over there Hung- or something. Hungry like that. Jacks. Hungry Jacks. So, yeah. So yeah. if you really want to Americanize yourself, walk into a Hungry Jack and go, <laughs> "Yeah, I'm in the Burger King right now." Yes. Yeah, how that goes for you.
1: Oh, I need to come over there and walk into a Burger King and go, oh, Hungry Jacks.
0: Damn right. I think I might do that for you next time I go to one. I'll just try it out.
1: You do that. Now, Alex, yeah. Um. Uh, when I go stalk your profile, which I might have done a couple times, uh, you mm-hmm. do say that Capital Murder 2 is coming out next year in 2021. Um, yep. But you have another book coming out twenty twenty this year. Can you tell me about that? What are you currently working on?
3: Uh, well, it's it's not a it's not in the same trilogy as Capital Murders. It's it's a whole other story. Um, well, what, what I can say is that there are murders mystery, and in this one. Unlike the first one, um, I I used more of my Twitter uh, profile in the sense that there are jokes.
1: Oh, fantastic.
3: Yeah. Jokes and dark, dark humor. And um, I mean, I, I thought, why not? People are used to them, so why, why not?
0: And and, I mean, humor is the best thing out there, I think, personally. I mean, as a horror writer, I can tell you I use humor in so much humor to me. And no matter what genre you write in, it it is kind of like the grease in the gears. It just keeps everything going. I love a good joke um, Mm -hmm. as far as inspirations for some of those great jokes. Talk about your inspiration for yours. Um, So when you're creating and when you're gathering your content, when you're putting it all together, um, yeah. What what is your process? Walk me through drawing onto the slate when you're putting together one of your stories. How do you get yourself going?
3: Well, um, well, for instance, let's let's use the the this one, the, the ones that's coming this year. Um, it was maybe six months after I published the first one. For six months, I was. Um, I won't say I was depressed or anything, but you know, I, I didn't feel like writing anything. I was em- empty more than depressed. Yeah. Um, so, so I thought I, I need something to do, and and um, I started just writing notes, like a few. What, what if? Um, th- that was. <clears throat> Uh, well, it turns out to be six pages of notes, which I haven't uh, used since. But that's another story, no pun intended.
1: <laughs> mm.
3: So yeah, I mean, and since then, um, it's been a fun ride. And every day, I th- I thank the the pandemic for. Confinement and uh, writing time.
1: So you are when you at the moment you're writing, and you're the pandemic isn't affecting you at the moment. You're still getting a word flow that that is oh, uh, oh, solid.
3: Oh yeah. Oh god! I, I I'm
1: think, so jealous.
3: I, I think the the other day, um, I started writing at maybe seven in the morning. And I didn't. I think I stopped at maybe eight at night, and I had ten pages.
1: Oh, Alex! I need that is that's fantastic.
3: That is. <laughs> yep, yeah, and but ten pages by by hand.
0: Oh God!
3: Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <A> true classic, <laughs> right there.
0: nothing wrong with that.
1: Alex, no. it's old school. I love it. Old school. I love it. Well, that is brilliant. Uh,
0: I mean,
3: I mean, I decided to write it that way because I thought if I write on my laptop, I'm going to end up on Twitter or, or, or wherever ah. and not write. So I thought, mm.
1: See, that's a really good tip for authors who get distracted by the tweet, the Gram, the Facebook, the whatever. Get off your laptops, open up your pads and pencils and write by hand. There's no distraction. Yeah. You can't click over and, and go, "Ooh, there's a Bing." What did they say? No, I love it. That's awesome.
0: I just yeah. want to take a moment and recognize the fact that Centra just referred to Twitter as the "twit." I love that. that <laughs> is, um... <laughs> the
1: twit. I always love, call uh, it the twit. <laughs> I, I,
0: I, I, well, there's I, a lot I of twits. Too. There's a lot of twits on it, so that's that's no <laughs> doubt about that.
1: There's a lot. Now, Alex, you. You are yes. one of the most supportive and positive people I've encountered on twitter i I adore you, I think you're fabulous you're always so upbeat and you know have a a kind word for everybody that passes by uh mm-hmm. what, well how do you keep so upbeat uh, in especially in the current world and just generally
3: uh, that's a good question um I, I I would like to offer a non serious answer. Okay. It is the stretch. Uh no I I mean seriously it's I, I mean t- times are hard and you know with the pandemic and with um um uh, the, all the stress that is linked to it I think I mean why why should I add to distress.
1: stress. Uh, it's a good point. It's a good point. So bringing a little light into people's lives is always going to be uh, a good thing. And in showing light to somebody else will also bring light to yourself. Yeah. I like and
0: it. it's it's the gift I mean, that keeps on giving.
1: I like it.
3: Oh, and it, it shows that one of my favorite songs ever is basically always look on the bright side of life.
1: Ah, classic stone.
0: You certainly do embody the uh the spirit of uh that little piece of music right there. And that is that is so cool. We need more people like you out there, man. You know, it's just you got a kind heart to you. And yeah. you know, yeah. sometimes yeah, the we world do. needs to see that. Um and that is good. You are a force of good in the lives of people and um, I'm going to tell you everybody out there if you have not checked this dude out at Alex underscore Makati on Twitter um, I'm going to follow him right now and I highly suggest that the rest of you do the same he's a good dude um, uh, now hold- as we wind, oh I'm sorry uh,
3: hold on, I-, I tried following him oh, I, was he- <laughs> I mean I-, I can't follow myself <laughs> So, I
1: bullet you enough.
0: You don't need to, but the bookers out there <laughs> listening to this interview do. So um, check them out, y'all.
3: And hopefully, that my therapist, because I, I may need one.
1: <laughs>
3: or not. Or not that. I, I mean, sometimes I I use jokes for defense mechanisms.
1: Ah, look, you know me enough, Alex. Humor is my my blood source. Far ah, caffeine. Caffeine and humor. There you go. That Sintra in a nutshell. Caffeine, yeah. hu- humor, inappropriate jokes, and swear words. There
0: you uh, go. <laughs> the best damn coping mechanisms out there. um, <laughs> Folks, as we wind down, we like to have a little bit of uh, personalized fun with each of our guests here. Um, we have played uh the desert island game in the past, and at the request of Alex himself, we are going to play it again right now. Everybody knows how this goes, but just in case you don't, let me break it on down for you. You're stuck on a desert island, you can bring three things that could fit in a duffel bag, let's just say, because last time we had Kaya wanting <laughs> to bring people and tree houses and, and entire, you know, urban development with her. So <laughs> three items. Uh, and give us a little brief description as to uh, why you would want to bring those with you. Um, And as always guests first, Alex, tell us what would you bring to your desert Island to keep you going? Uh,
3: That is, that is a good question. Um, One of those, you know, the guns that you shoot in the air for, um,
1: a flag gun,
3: flag guns, yeah, yeah. Okay,
1: gun.
3: that's a I good mean, one I like that. Yeah, flag gun. The complete words of of Céline Dion. Nice. So that I can dig them, put them in the sand, and nobody listens to them anymore.
1: <laughs> oh jeez!
0: <laughs> With yeah, darkness all of a sudden there. Oh, yeah. Funny. I love it. How are you going to do the- your fellow <laughs> Canadian that way? Jeez. Well,
3: I, I could have said the the entire words of Justin Bieber, but <laughs> I
0: mean... That I'd understand. I, I would understand that one.
1: <laughs> What's your third thing, Alex?
0: Uh,
3: boom, boom, boom. I'm thinking my third thing on the desert island. Maybe a volleyball? A what? No, like a, 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 a volleyball to, to, to oh, the volleyball.
1: Wilson.
0: A oh, Wilson. Yeah, he wants no. to make we'll a Wilson see. like in cat's way. Yeah. yeah.
1: Tell Hanks. I say you go for it. All right. Caleb?
0: Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. We're going to save Central for last because she really rang the bell the last time we played this (laughs) and had the best, the best selections you could ever imagine out there. Oh, wow, what would I bring with me? Um, Well, let's see. I'm going to say a a fishing net. I think you can fold a fishing net up into something that could fit into a duffel bag Um, Mm -hmm. to go out there and cast my net and try to eat and live. Um, I would bring a copious amount of some kind of narcotic, probably, uh, you know, so that I could just pass the time and watch those beautiful island sunsets and think that I'm in a whole nother world. Um, And then finally, um, you know what, I will say that I'm going to bring a typewriter i guess with some papers that i could maybe kind of keep a a journal going out there of what it's like to be high as a kite and fishing with a net out there (laughs) on a deserted island because that has got to be something that'll sell somewhere when i get rescued if i get rescued and now central brings on home with some of your best
1: (laughs) 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 all right all right let's let's do this did you hear me just crack my knuckles in no um all right, what would I bring to a desert island? Three things. First thing, pen and paper. It's a double deal, people. Do not argue with me. It's a two for one. Pen and paper. I'm going old school with Alex. Pen and paper is yeah. one thing. They can be, I do it like, just to make sure it's all legit in this, this, you know, grey gray area. I'll connect the pen with the rope to the paper. So it's a one item deal. Um, That's my loophole. I'm going to live with it. Second thing, I am going to bring a blow-up doll, preferably male, but, you know, either way, it's all good.
0: Uh, Oh, God, okay.
1: The third thing and the clincher with this, I am going to bring some chocolate body paint because, A, well, you know, it sounds like fun for me and Fred. Uh, and two, it also contains some sugar, so it helps my glucose level. It's a two for one as well. There you go. I'm, guessing
0: Fred's, I'm, I'm guessing Fred's the doll.
1: Fred the blow <laughs> up doll. And uh or maybe I'll call him Ben. Blow me Ben. I will bring blow, blow me Ben. Me.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> pen and paper and some chocolate and body paint. There you go. That's my three for the aisle.
0: You certainly <laughs> never disappoint, Cintra. Oh, my God. I knew this was going to be a good one. Thank you, Alex, for suggesting that game again, because I love hearing Cintra's top three picks for these islands. Um, and yeah. now, Alex, uh, tell us tell good folks out there, where can we find you so that we can just buy the shit out of all of your stuff?
3: Uh, where you can find me? Well, you can find me Um. <laughs> I was going to say in the pub, but they're <laughs> all closed. <laughs> why, why would they close pubs? I mean, why?
1: It's rude, isn't it? It's rude.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> now we can I'm... find you on Amazon, Alex. The the lookers oh. and bookers can come and find you on Amazon. Type in mm-hmm. Alex McCarty, M-I-C-A-T-I, yeah. uh, and find him on Amazon. Buy his books. Of course, find him... Up Always on the tweet at Alex underscore McCarty M I C A T I. Come on, bookers, let's find him, stalk him, love him. He's fabulous.
0: Right, I <laughs> follow him now. Y'all can too.
1: Yeah,
3: and I'm also on Instagram.
1: On the gram? Oh yes, of course. I follow you on the gram as well, and uh, that's yeah. where I see your pictures of the handwriting. You have beautiful handwriting too, by the way. Yeah. I like that. I like it.
2: Um. Yeah.
1: Thank you, Alex, for joining What the Book today. We really appreciate your time.
3: Thank you for having me.
1: And of course, Caleb, you are an awesome uh, partner in crime and island shenanigans.
0: I just try <laughs> to rise to meet the uh, the occasion.
1: See, I'm better with the island game than I am with the search and dead. I think we should just do <laughs> the island game because I, I nail that one every time. That's you are so good. Danger. Book is thank you for joining us uh, at this author interview. Uh, we will throw back to the main podcast now. See you later, guys.
0: Bye. Bye bye. And welcome back, everybody. It's your good buddy K and coming back again with the crew. That was our interview with Alex Makati. What a guy! Let me tell you something. People come in two flavors, awesome and horrible, and he is definitely heavy on the awesome. Love talking to him. You're going to love him too. Check him out once again at Alex underscore McCotty on Twitter. We follow him, and what, you think you're better than us? Welcome back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love Alex. He is—he's just one of the most beautiful souls on Twitter. I just cannot speak highly, more highly of him. He's just delightful. Everybody should be following Alex, and on—he's on Insta as well, so hunt him down there too. Uh, all right, go on. <laughs> uh, we wanted to—I want to—to where did we leave that?
0: You wanted uh, me Caleb? to bring back up the castles yeah. thing again. You said you had a comeback for the old King of Schlock, <laughs> so let's hear it.
1: I did have a comeback and now it's, it's, it's like how many minutes later and that's all good. It's all good. It's still valid. Um, you said that you you shouldn't uh, write about what's inside, you know, being inside the castle without having been inside one because you're going to look like an idiot. Correct. Uh, right. okay. That was correct, Yes.
0: That, uh, yeah, kind of reassesses what I said. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to write about the <laughs> interiors of castles, then you should probably understand the inner workings of castles. Of course, keep in mind that is an analogy device to represent understanding the inner workings of people's consciousness and desires and motivations. So it may not be a perfect apples to apples comparison, but I do believe that it's. A...
1: <laughs> I get it. I do. And I, and I, and look, uh, it's, and this subject is so. Oh, there's so many and i mean there's it's rules and regulations, and I hate the word rules and regulations because i really i 'm a girl that says, Fuck the rules do what you want to do. however, there are rules and regulations that you need to to follow in order especially during re- research purposes uh now with the with the drum castle was what 's to say artistic where does artistic license come into this' Because my my castle could be this tiny little castle and yet inside be a mammoth thing uh, because that's the way I want it to be as a writer. As long as I've done my research in how that happens, say, is it through magic, is it through whatever, then it's, it's not going to hopefully make me look stupid. So uh, artistic licence has to also come into it. We as authors should be free To write our characters, our environments, our stories with our own artistic license.
2: (sighs) But never forget our Coleridge. It is all about the willing suspension of disbelief. As long as you get some internal consistency, you can, unless it's real people, you can kind of get away with anything as long as you're consistent, you believe it and you write it believably, surely
1: even with real people i think there is a because oh, there's everybody's in the world there's so many people in the world and so many different characters in those people uh, uh, research okay just research it it's not can or can't it's should or shouldn't do your research before you open up somebody's chest because we don't want anybody to die yeah caleb is that right
0: you know what, guys? This is something that we're never going to, I think, connect the dots completely on. And that's one of the cool things about this show and about us and about people in general is that we can all have different views on things. And um, we can all segue I- into our second half of the show here, where we're going to talk about much less <laughs> serious issues here because Shut I up, am babe. drained.
2: Right. Shut up, t Shut
1: up, t <laughs>
2: but also you know uh, so living zitra lives in australia caleb you're in the states go go to europe go find a real (laughs) castle just go walk around it they're also if you get a chance go to germany go to bavaria go and see neuschwanstein if you ever get the chance look for the secret passages and the lake underneath the castle that mad ludwig had built it you it will change your view on castles all right
1: david caleb and i waiting for the plane tickets we're good to go
2: yeah there's this there's there's, there's some sort of hazardous infection between detail detail we got a castle in oh well i was gonna say
0: we got a castle in florida over here in the united states which of course florida is kind of like the dungeon of the united states all castles have dungeons but uh, supposedly a man mm-hmm. built it with psychic powers. So if you ever want to look into something kind of creepy, I believe it's called Coral Castle in Florida. Um, this uh, frail kind of elderly guy, apparently all by himself, built this whole damn castle with all kind of secret winding passages, stairwells that lead to nothing. And I should have brought last episode. Mm-hmm. We're talking about weird, creepy shit. But since y'all want to talk about castles so damn bad, there you go. Well. <laughs>
1: With psychic powers, though, was he just sitting there with his fingers on the side of his head going, move, Brick? Yeah, move. You, like, the
0: moved the things, like, uh... Really? Brain powers,
1: yeah. Wow. I want to meet cool. him.
0: Look up Coral Castle. You can well, read all I'll,
1: it. Go. I'll go Google it. I'll go There's Google only one Google. reason
0: to go to Florida, and it's Coral Castle.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, that- uh, SeaWorld, uh, surely. Isn't that where I find my Swamp Man?
0: I'm oh, yeah. yeah. in Louisiana for swamp people. You don't need to go to Florida for it. I got swamp oh, people.
1: Sorry, people in the state
2: F- Florida's got manatees. Louisiana <laughs> has the swamp. Yeah. If, you, if you're tracking down Alex Holland, you have got to go to
0: the swamp. You don't yeah, want to deal probably. with crocodiles. Lord, man.
2: Crocodiles. <laughs> we're used right. to crocodiles. You you guys don't have crocodiles. You've got gal We got
0: alligators. Right? They're the nice little you know, they're not as
2: impressed. they're blunt.
0: Crocodiles come out and want to tear you apart. You should know y'all in Australia. Y'all got
2: crocodiles.
1: Yeah, we got big ones. Hey, so you nice don't want harvest.
0: to come here and to deal with more crocodiles, do you? Get away from the <laughs> crocodile.
1: I'm not near the crocodiles. I'm that's up north. I'm not that far north. They don't come down this far.
2: That's good. Yeah, and, and any handbag that big with legs and teeth, it, it can stay there. It's good. I don't want to. Know.
1: The biggest Sorry. thing down my way would be great white sharks.
2: Oh, that's that so be much
0: a... better. Great white shark, but <laughs>
2: the crocodile now. I was a great white. Will just take a chunk out of you and then leave you to sort of flounder and hopefully get back to shore. The croc will roll you over until you drown and then they eat do you. Do so the great that. white sharks will
0: die if they stop swimming. That's under their respiratory.
1: Yeah, work. yeah, they have to keep moving. They
2: sleep well That's meant to be the thing. Oh, but look, if you go swimming around Australia, anything out there is going to eat you, bite you, poison you, sting you, all of the above. Or they're Australian, and they're going to surf over your head. Look, just don't go in the water.
0: Uh, I'm not going to go out to the outback and deal with all the crazy shit out there. Okay, I'm going to stick to... I,
1: I'm not out back, I'm coastal, and you don't know pain until you've had the, the jellyfish wrapped around your leg or up your torso. There. I'm not going that's there awesome. either.
0: I'm staying in like right. So if I came to Queensland, <laughs> all right, that, that's Brisbane, right? That's y'all's city yeah. up there, right? So well, there you go. The I'm, pro- I'm, pro- I'm probably the first American you've ever met that didn't automatically just assume that Sydney's the only fucking city in Australia. So. <laughs> that's true. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if I, I would go to prison <laughs>
2: if you stay on land you are higher yeah, up i would say <laughs> you're still probably not quite not
0: going near you. the jellyfish i'm not going near the fucking crocodiles the great white sharks i'll go see the bats i like them big old bats y'all got but that's about you it
1: my, you can be in my backyard
2: and see the bats
0: exactly see i don't have to go we
2: anywhere to go, we can we can sit out the back. And we haven't even started you on the spiders yet. <laughs>
0: oh, I've seen pictures just, of things, man.
1: We just sit out the back with a when it park. when
2: it's the size of your hand, when you can stretch your hand, your thumb and your little finger out, and it still doesn't reach as far as the thing's legs. You, 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 you don't, uh, you, uh,
0: don't, don't you have saying, some kind of spider migration over there where the wind blows the fuckers around and it's like, hey. <laughs> hey <laughs>
2: Look the the really rough ones they've got tattoos you, you you don't mess with them.
1: Oh look look you know I love having a big huntsman and I mean the size of a dinner plate sized huntsman in my house they are the most no no that is wrong <laughs> no, that is no, wrong they stop. you are they wrong. they're the most beautiful creatures and and they eat the they eat moths they eat mosquitoes they clean up any bugs around Uh, And as long as you don't, you know, fire them up, uh, they're fine.
2: And they are responsible for more deaths. They do. not. I've been bitten by a
1: huntsman a number of
2: times. They're not. They're not poisonous. They They just they kill people because (laughs) they get under the windscreen (laughs) visor and drop into your lap when you're driving, and you lose control. And
0: spiders are like saboteurs over there. They they you've out poisonous, they'll just goddamn cause you to flip your car. Holy
2: shit. They, They're vindictive. They plan. They talk. You know. When you're you know, driving along. They cheat at and Scrabble. The,
1: they, they and the them. spider comes up your uh, steering wheel console and just looks at you. And just <laughs> steering wheel. And you're just like, wow. Oh, hello. What you doing? <laughs> it's, it's quite the... um. It's quite the
2: experience. Cintrick, you're not like other people. I no, am
1: not. <laughs> I don't mind, but Jeez. I love them. No, if,
2: if there was a spider in the car, I would be. Oh, really?
1: The car. You would? Nah. Get out. My kids will pick up the spiders and take them outside and put them in the garden.
2: No, eight legged freaks. That's what baseball bats and free uh-uh. are for. Anything else is good?
0: You'll have scorpions over there? Because I'm scared of scorpions. I ain't going to lie. Like, scorpions freak me uh-huh. the fuck out. They're, They're only, only small. small They're
1: tend not big. they more down south, down Sydney, Melbourne. Tassie has a few. Uh, they don't, I don't find them so much up this side. So you come to my place. There's no, none up here that much. Yeah.
2: Just make sure your songs are double pluggers. <laughs>
1: You're fine, double
2: mate. Plugger.
1: All right. Okay. Let's play a game, guys. Let's yeah. play a game.
0: Got a new um, game this week.
1: Go on, Caleb. Let's, let's, you go with this.
0: Oh, you want me to explain? Plan. Okay. So so normally we play Search or Dare, which is where we look up something on Twitter and try to embarrass the shit out of each other by having us read the first tweet that comes up. But the problem and that 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 game was kind of my that was my brain child. So I take full responsibility for the difficulties in always making it the most entertaining thing because a lot of times the first few tweets we find will be very vanilla and boring and and like I said, people out there just weren't fucking being dirty enough. <laughs> so we're taking. really
1: bad at it. It's
0: no, Central's at... not really bad at it. Okay, Central <laughs> was great. I was really bad at coming up with games. So why not That's let me come you. up with another one? All right. <laughs> so now we're just gonna play regular old truth or
2: dare. Redemption we're gonna play
0: just regular old truth or dare, except the dare is kind of limited in the sense that what can we really dare each other to do over the damn. Phone that everybody else out there can laugh at, and uh, so we have come up with one. If anybody picks there, you will see it if you check one of our Twitter feeds. You're gonna love it. I hope. Once again, it was my idea.
2: Mm
0: You're gonna love it. Uh, Otherwise, you're gonna get to hear some hard truths from us. Um,
1: Why? Why do I always get really nervous about games with you boys? Because I'm awesome. I'm in the backseat of the car again. And I'm
2: sweating already. Okay. Well, let me ask you, how do you know? Because you're fooling around with
1: the
0: king of That's right. When you, get, yeah, when you mess around in the back of the car with the king of schlock, you, you fucking you never know. <laughs> so here's the thing. How do you guys play your truth or dare? Is it you pick it or do you, is everything a truth? And if you refuse to do the truth, then you have to do the dare. I've seen two different ways it play it. Oh, I've played it
1: both ways. I'm more
2: of the second one.
0: So it's all so it defaults to truth, and if you don't want to answer, that's when you do the dare. Is that correct? Okay,
1: okay I'm, mm-hmm. I'm down with that. Uh, we'll keep it easy. Uh, we'll Keep it easy. All uh, right. Um, okay. All
0: right. Uh, so, uh, who wants to go first? Who's going for who? Uh, I'll
2: give. I'll, go I'll go give it a go. Right. I'm okay. dumb enough. And Who's
1: who
0: are you picking
2: on? It's... I. I... Oh hang on uh this, sorry I don't have a question in mind so I no, have, I have a sensed
0: it okay century you're up
1: okay. I have a question and it's not too bad it's not too shonky either I'm quite proud of myself right now nice um, nice all right I'm going to I'm going to ask I'm going to ask David uh, all mm-hmm. right all right Truth, um when did you and where did you lose your virginity Like what age? What age and where? Not asking for whose. don't need to know that, but where and what age were you?
2: Ah, well, um, that's nothing I'm ashamed of. I was a lead developer. I was 18 and about a month. And it was in a bed. So it's very traditional. And it was in the meadows.
1: The bed was in the meadows?
2: Like is that in the open? Uh, the mead the meadows is a di de- the oh. meadows is a de- the in the house. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> it it wasn't under the uh, railway. Oh uh, uh,
0: Suntra, uh, 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 you are an I mean, international I mean, that treasure. Just,
2: that just happened later on. <laughs> I just got this
1: vision of a bed and in the middle
2: like a
0: that's romantic as it's... shit. <laughs>
1: <just saved> <laughs> Absolutely.
2: It, it, it was it was a fun and exciting. <laughs> <bet> it was And <laughs> a discovery and getting things wrong. Oh what with the
1: snakes and spiders out in the meadow? Jesus Christ, game one. Oh, okay.
2: They, they don't have well they do have spiders in the UK but uh, yeah and uh, no, they don't have snakes. No, it's fine. They did some. There's police and passers by but oh
1: no. Okay, good. Good. All right. Good. All right. See I David,
2: do you all you're
0: life.
1: you're it. Woohoo!
2: <laughs> so I think I will knowing a little uh, a, a, a little more about you after the last couple of episodes, um Caleb, I would ask you, in your own opinion, what is the uh most obscure or strange physical act you've ever um, participated in?
0: All right, and uh, I'm I'm going to assume that you mean this in a in a sexual uh, romantic setting for, for yeah, personal exactly because otherwise <laughs> I could be like, oh, well, I did have a I had a hernia taken out one time that was pretty goddamn weird. <laughs> oh, the strangest thing that I have ever done. Oh, okay, um, I for sexual gratification. Wow! <laughs> I
1: love how you say uh, it. It's, like, it's not
0: that of, this is of, difficult of to answer. It's just that I literally am trying to think of what would qualify. Like I really want to knock this right out of the fucking park. I mean, it's like <laughs> it I'm gonna say something that and realize I have something even better down the line. Um
1: <laughs> I like how you have to file through all of the different ones that you've had. Oh, what that one was. Oh god, oh, yeah, I've had I've had
2: a lot of fun, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's not filing. That's just <laughs> raking.
0: Oh, man. Um, okay, okay. One time I was at um, Coyote Ugly, which is a chain of shitty bars. based off of a somewhat mm-hmm. okay movie. Um, the one in New Orleans is really shitty, and I fucking hate them. But I did have a good time this one night there. Um, I was drunk off my fucking ass, and I wanted to do the – has everybody here seen um, From Dusk Till Dawn, the Quentin Tarantino movie? Uh, yes.
1: Yes. Yeah, yep. Yeah.
0: You guys remember yeah. the Salma Hyatt Quentin Tarantino scene with the liquor down her leg and everything? Yes. I wanted I wanted yeah. to do that in real life. That was all I wanted to do that night. I was so drunk. So, uh, one of the cowgirl bartenders facilitated that for me right there in front of the whole damn bar, um, and I did the whole thing. She stuck her toes in my mouth, poured the liquor down her leg, and I just sucked sucked it on up right from between her toes there. <laughs> And then she wanted to take it a step further. she got into it, and she poured it into her boot itself, and was all like, "Oh, I dare you to take a shot like this," and I was like, "Gimme that boot <laughs> and down <laughs> it went <laughs> because the king slide don't got damn back down from shit, you're gonna call my bluff you best call that thing, huh? Oh
1: God. Oh, I can't see I could party with you, Caleb. I mean, I don't know if I have the balls to party with you, oh."
2: May I simply offer the observation that even if the young lady is willing and encouraging of the uh, the particular act, tequila slammers, au naturel can get a little sharp, <laughs> shall we say? Oh
1: God.
2: You don't want to, You don't want that line oh going too
1: far.
0: Oh, Sintra, <laughs> oh. oh, it's your turn.
1: Oh Lord, I feel very. Si- I feel sick. Oh, I feel faint. Oh Lord, okay. Oh
0: uh, <laughs> okay. let me let me think of a here. I'm trying oh, to think of an Here's the thing. I am so much better at being I mean, I'm a masochist. I'm so much better at receiving the pain than I am <laughs> at fucking handing it out. Um shit. Um it's like I don't want to embarrass you, I don't want to ask something fucking crazy, but you could ask me whatever. Um let me think of one here. Uh okay, you know what? Well, we'll Shit, god damn it, I'm gonna be the basic one tonight. Fuck. I can't think of how far to go with it. Um
1: <laughs> I have a dare out, so you know just go where you need to go. And if I'm happy to go there or go there. If not, I'm tagging out.
0: Let me think. Um Shit, you know what? Yeah, go ahead. Um,
1: I make cannot... me so nervous, Caleb. Jesus, because I'm having a
0: hard time thinking of anything really good. And I could go with the same one that you asked David, and just be like the whole like, when did you lose your virginity thing? That's an easy one. Um...
2: I tell you what. So Zintra, who is the sex? <laughs> oh damn, that's a okay.
0: You know what? Shit, his boom. Thank you, David. Goddamn, what a fucking hero!
1: No way, you're gonna make me. You want me to choose between the classy David and the sassy Caleb? Really?
0: That's right. I want. That's. That, I'll even ask it to make it official. So, All um, right, yeah. So, who is the sexiest person <laughs> on this podcast besides <laughs> yourself? Of course.
1: Oh, see, damn it, you added the last bit. I was so gonna say me. Um. Oh, look, no, I'm going to tag out. I'm going to dare it, boys. I'm going to take the dare. I cannot. You both are equally sexy to me, and uh, I would hump either of your legs. So uh, I will tag out, and I will do the dare people check on my Twitter page uh, for the dare that will be upcoming shortly.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, so... <laughs> that was fun. I enjoyed that. We should do that one again. Yeah, but, for sure. I um, liked it. Uh, now, uh, mm-hmm. next week, we want to talk about what's happening next week quickly. Season oh, one, season one finale. Can you believe it, boys? We have are about to finish our first season of What the Book. I am so fucking pumped about that. It that's is fine.
3: Yeah, 15. Episode 15 is wow.
1: the last and uh, final episode of season one. Only season one. Season two will be commencing with uh, some new tweaks, some new additives. So we are really super excited about that. But of course, we'll talk more about that next week. Uh, we don't want to give away all uh-huh. our secrets yet.
0: Nope, you got to um... tune in to get the goods, folks.
1: Next week is our season finale, um, which uh, promises to be a big one. Uh, I'm not quite sure on the topic that we're going to be discussing, but I will promise you it will be delicious. Oh, delicious. Look. Yeah, maybe. Delicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> tasty. I don't know, something like that. Um, now, what else did we need to plug quickly? We oh,
0: my up-and-coming new book. Hello. I got an up-and-coming new oh, book. Oh, yes. Uh, yes, uh, it is uh, still currently in the works. It should go live as soon as possible on Amazon. It is called The Bex in the Venerated. You're going to love it. I think so. It's going to be a four-story anthology, four of my greatest shits, I mean hits. You'll absolutely
1: love. <laughs> So, of course, um, you should put up the link on uh, what the book page. Uh we will tweet it for you, bookers. Get onto it. Google search uh K Banning Callum in your Amazon page and buy his book. Buy our books. Buy we'll buy your books. You buy our book. You show exactly. us yours, we'll show you yeah, right. That's how it <laughs> works. Um, and of course, we're doing the shout-outs. Don't forget about that bookers. I've got John Thomas's shout-out that will be going live this week, also onto our YouTube. Uh, I'm excited about that. Of course, it has a filter because I cannot do it without a filter. It's just the way I work. Anybody else wanting a shout-out, please message David Atherton Cooper. He is busting to do one. And um, <laughs> Caleb and I will, you know, we'll saddle up the pony again. We're good with it. We like it. Uh
2: we know our re- we know our <laughs> listeners they don't need class they just want pure yeah, no, entertainment come passion. on go
1: get david How it he's goes. all class i want to see him do like a james bond kind of feel to it it's very like hmm. hello my day my name is atherton cooper david atherton cooper yeah see <laughs> i could totally pull it off
2: doesn't quite work. I, I can get the... There I it is. is actually,
1: cool. Make David put on a tux for us and get him more classy. I like it. Um, that's it. I do believe that is episode fourteen, all neatly tied up with a lovely little bow. And uh, we will be heading into our season finale next week. Anything left to say, boys?
0: Um, just as always, you can. <laughs> You no, can find me Looking forward. As to always, K Banning Callum the King of Schlock on Twitter at Banning K1979. Follow me, make me famous as fuck. Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> David.
2: <laughs> find what the book podcast on Twitter. All of our links are there. Follow us, enjoy, DM us. Comment on what we're and talking just, about. Just search hit me on. up.
1: Hit me up. DM me. I don't know. You know I like the attention. Um, all right, boys. It's a dream to work with you guys. I love every second of it. And we will see you all next week, bookers. Ciao for now.
0: Bye.